Retro Rebel Gamecast, episode 35, is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash talkcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast. We discuss gaming and related topics for you, the listeners. Retro Rebel is released every week, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or Stitcher. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me, as usual, is my fellow Rebel host, Amanda. Hello. I feel like you should just say, like, I'm a permanent feature now because I towed 10. Well, you are. Well, you are. And that's, and that's and what I mean by that. So, listeners, if there was ever any confusion, Amanda and I <laughs> co-host this. So, <laughs> Thank you. Thank my you. name is Amanda, and with me, as usual, is my fellow Rebel host, Stacy. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like I just wanted to put that out there. Yes. People know. We no confusion. Um, that is absolutely the case. There will never be a time that Amanda is not here on the Rebel on the Retro Rebel Gamecast as a host. So. Unless, I mean, I can't imagine a time. Yeah, I can't imagine a time. Um, well, with that, uh, our first segment, let's just get right into some news. So, well, we do need to go around the room and kind of see what we're playing, because I have been playing something new, um, but I don't know that you've gotten around to playing anything else. I have, I have, I have, I have. What? I have. Yes. Well, do tell. So, I mean, right before we started, uh, right before we recorded today, I was like, oh, I better get in and play something because let's just be honest about where we are you know exactly so anyway um so i have actually gotten the bioshock whole like collection situation because i remember we talked about you know that one of your favorite games of all time it's bioshock uh What's the last one called? I can't even remember. Infinite. What, what's the last? Yeah. Infinite, yeah. And that's like one of your favorite ones of all time. Yes, it is. Um, and so I haven't played it yet. And I was like, right, I just need to get around to playing this. But I haven't played the series in such a long time. I don't remember all of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, there are key moments that stick out to me, um, including, would you kindly? And so where I am yes. right now, uh, I am in the last like few chapters of the uh, first series where uh, I've been asked to, would you kindly go down to Andrew Ryan's office and kill that son of a bitch? So I am currently putting the pieces together to unlock the door to go down there. And I did buy that shirt that every single time we <laughs> talk about it, I'm like, I'm going to buy a shirt. I did. I bought a tank top for the gym that says, would you kindly? And I'm going to wear the shit out of that. That is awesome. Uh, so it, it'll be arriving in the next, uh, few days and i can wear it while i play as well um but it just it it feels really good <laughs> it's very meta to, it is so meta i you know it feels really good to play that game again although sometimes i will say that i forgot how like rough it actually is like because i was you know quite young at the time yeah you know, maybe i didn't get all the references perhaps but, uh, you know, I just finished um, one of the segments where you've got the, is it Peter Cohen, the guy who um, is 
trying to put on the greatest show ever and he's got that creepy artwork made out of like all the photographs of the dead bodies that you take yeah, for him. Yeah. Um and in in that one room you find that recording of him talking about the wild bunny and he's like, "Why can't I pull its ears off?" And he just says that like over and over again. It's really freaky. And then when you think about the fact the slicers like wear the little bunny ears masks and yep. stuff like that, like, does that have something to do with it? I don't know, but it really freaked me out. And I did not like that you cannot stop it once it starts playing. Oh, like, no, I didn't know that either. So, yeah, you can't you can't really stop. And I was like, this is actually a bit upsetting. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think probably some of those things were a bit lost on me when I was when I was younger. But that's what I'm currently doing right now. So I anticipate for the next few podcasts at least um it'll be me going through the bioshock series uh with my would you kindly tank top on hashtag meta <laughs> hashtag meta absolutely um well bioshock is definitely has a special place i just happen to like it has a special place in my heart bioshock infinite infinite just had an ending that resonated with me more than the other ones um because if you you get the would you kindly twist in the first one um that to me was the end or not really i mean i realize that's not the ending but to me that was the biggest uh you know the the biggest mental you know uh, i don't know just just the the, the, it was a mind screw for sure once once you find out that was the case and and uh so i i felt like that was pretty much where it the game the 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 climax of the game for me that was the, that was the big turning point and and the rest of it after that was really good but uh, in, infinite really punches you in the gut right at the end and then it makes you think about the game the whole time like everything that you did up to that point you're like wow you know now I I see all of these things that maybe didn't make sense or that I thought were going in this particular direction they went in a completely different direction at least I didn't see it coming um, so anyway. Well, I uh, I actually played something that was, if if you if it matters to be in the conversation, uh, so to speak, uh, I am playing Cuphead. Um, I got I got oh right okay yeah I downloaded Cuphead on the Xbox and uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it is somewhat brutal in in certain. Uh, Certain instances, I think about 25% of the way through the game so far. Um, it's a, it's got a few different gameplay modes in terms of like, like what you actually are doing, but the generally, or the general gameplay is, you know, platforming. So uh, the art style is fantastic. I mean, it's it's getting pretty good uh, reviews critically and and otherwise, uh, but it's been a lot of fun and. Uh, you you know you have unlimited unlimited shooting or unlimited bullets. Uh, you have a finger gun, which is what you use to shoot things with, um, and you have a cup for a head. So, uh, what more could you want? The art style, like I said, is I think it's 1930s art style. Music is the same, all from like 1930s uh, cartoons. Uh, you there's a lot of run and gun, or, or you know your your typical platforming levels but you also have these levels where you just go to fight a boss and the mechanics for each of those are are different and and uh you can level up your character you can get different uh, add-ons power-ups that allow you to to you know that you can equip that will allow you to do different things while you're so there is a bit of 
you taking control of your character and kind of making them, you know, it's kind of like, I guess the, in, in Bioshock, uh, what are your, what are the power ups there called where you can, um, you know, where you get, you can get fire or you can get bees or you can get plasmas, plasmas. Yeah. Or plasmids. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Yeah. You can get, that's essentially, I mean, you can equip four different ones. And uh, and it can be you can switch them out as you see fit as far as I as far as I can tell, but it's been a lot of fun and it's only fourteen dollars I think uh, I think that's what it was fourteen or nineteen it may be nineteen bucks twenty dollar game, but it's been a lot of fun and uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully by the time we we talk next time uh, I will have completed that one, um, but I did have something to share with you that uh, I meant to share a couple a couple episodes ago. Uh, but I was very proud of myself, is that I think I got two diamond achievements. Hey, there we go. Yeah, two diamond achievements. Um, one of them, I think only 6% of the people that have played the game had gotten. Um, and that's in Cuphead. No, no, actually it was in Oxenfree. Okay, well, nobody plays Oxenfree, <laughs> so that's why he got that. <laughs> I didn't want to take away from the fact of my achievement, but I knew that that would probably lessen it. I didn't I'm have sorry. to tell you. I know. I know. That's okay. You got some, though. I did. I so got well two. done, you. And it was one of those situations where when it popped up, I was like, what? what is this? I, You know, I had no idea. Isn't that beautiful? It makes a nice little bling sound as well. Very pleasing sound effect. Yes, it was. It was just that a little bit different than getting an, an you know, a, your normal achievement. And I was like, what? Even now you're bloody hooked now. Now I got to find out what the other, yeah, absolutely. Well, in Cuphead, I have a feeling I'm not going to get any of those. Uh, first of all, because I'm not, a, I'm not good. Um, <laughs> but I'm also, uh, they, you know, I don't know. I just, I just have a, there's so many people playing this game that I have a feeling I'm not going to get one of those achievements. Uh, but it is a good game, and if you get it, I think I, I highly recommend it. This is not one of the walking simulators. So I think that good. Yeah, you would you you might even like it as well. So, Well, with that out of the way, we have some gaming news to discuss before we move on. So what what's going on in the world of gaming and other that uh, the listeners might be interested in, in uh, hearing us discuss? Well, so I think the first thing that you and I have a decided interest in is uh, a new series by Jim Sterling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is called Commentology, if I'm not wrong. Um, I'll, I'll pull it up now while I'm talking about it, just so I don't get the name wrong. Essentially it's, it's on his main channel. Um, the, the, the Jim Sterling channel, same one, the Jim condition is on. If you, you know, if you watch that, um, but basically, uh, he reads instances of elite, elite gaming knowledge in the manner of like a 16th, 17th century uh, aristocrat. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think my, my favorite part about it is that, you know, he, not only is he affecting a different character, so it's very over the top. It's, you know, uh, really elitist or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah and it is called commentocracy. So the, the most recent one is juggling in fighting games is low and lazy. But essentially his viewers send him links to wherever anybody has started to wax lyrical 
about how you're not a good gamer if you do this sort of thing or you're not a good gamer if uh you can't play on this difficulty setting or whatever right. you know, so anytime right. people are trying to to educate or talk down to people that play the game differently from them um usually somewhere in there they talk about how good they are as well right you know right. uh uh it just highlights how unhelpful those sort of comments are when you hear them read as an aristocrat i mean and i'm not going to try to do the voice but just trust me when i say it's really over the top um but lots of r's rolled yeah it just really highlights how ridiculous it is to try to tell someone else their experience isn't legitimate because they used a function that exists in the game in order to complete the game Right. You know, so um, just the idea that, like, if you play your game on easy, for example, that you are not a real gamer because a real gamer plays it on hard only, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, those sort of comments is kind of what this series is all about. I found it really amusing so far. Um, there have only been two or three uh, episodes, so you could catch up on them really quickly. Uh, and they just talk about. They they just read someone's lecturing style comments verbatim um, and just really highlight how, A, some people take this shit way too seriously, like way too seriously. Right. And two, that at the end of the day, nobody has any right to tell anybody else how they should enjoy the game, because if it's in there, then you should be able to use it, play with it, you know, <laughs> it, whatever it is, exploit it if you want to. You know, if they didn't want you to do it, they would fix it. So, no, um, that's true, and I think that's a good point. It goes right into what uh, we were kind of talking about, uh, uh, just with the games we were just discussing. Uh, I don't think that it you should be punished, or or people should, uh, if you just want to enjoy the game. Like, I, I, yeah, it's just, and I and I think fighting games is is which is what he's discussing in commentocracy. Uh, or at least one of the one of the components of it have a really high uh, have a, have a, I guess just an entry point in terms of you know skill level like your skill level for fighting games you know I just don't think that there's a good entry point for people there's not a there's a clear delineation between people who are good at fighting games and people who are not and there is a skill to it and uh, I don't know it's that's just one of the genres that I've never I think a similar a similar discussion could be had for other shooters as well, because that is a particular skill uh, that, and I I enjoy them. I do not enjoy playing those games online, though. Yeah. Uh, I think for that very reason. I don't enjoy the fighting yeah. games online. I don't enjoy the the shooting games online, just because uh, the 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 bar is set so high and and uh, the entry point is so high. Even though Overwatch is probably the only ones that I the only one I like to play. And that's because uh, I think just because the matches go so quickly uh, that I yeah, can get in. Yeah, if you don't win, you can just go for it. Right, exactly. And uh, you can just kind of keep playing. And, and uh, even though every now and then my ego is crushed because I think people jump out of the group because I get in it. But uh, <laughs> but other than that, I but I still enjoy it. But I, I think that's a really good point. Um uh, what else is going on? So, and, and I always like the I always like Jim Sterling. I think he does a lot of really good work. And, and uh, anybody who's 
listening, if you haven't heard of him or haven't checked him out, he does a really good pot or a really good show, The Jimquisition, that's that's always relevant and uh, is is pretty objective in terms of you know what's going on in the in gaming. So yeah, I, and I I like uh, his like no nonsense approach. You know, he he goes in when somebody really deserves to right. to get their balls broken for something. You know, <laughs> anyway, I enjoy him. Um, so speaking of getting their balls broken, yes. so the creators of the Wolfenstein franchise, oh, yeah. uh, specifically the new uh, Wolfenstein to New Colossus, uh, are are getting their balls broken for actually making an anti-Nazi tweet about their anti-Nazi game. Um, essentially the tweet was make America Nazi free again. And I think that is really relevant and poignant. Um, and bizarrely enough, there are a lot of people who were upset about that tweet. Um, and you can, you can go to, uh, the, the Wolfenstein Twitter page and, and look at the comments and replies for yourself if you want. Um, but essentially their head of PR, uh, Mr. Hines uh, said that, you know, in, in a statement about people being upset, he said that in the game, freeing America is the first step to freeing the world. So the idea of hashtag no more Nazis in America is, in fact, what the entire game and the Wolfenstein franchise is about. Our campaign leans into that sentiment and unfortunately happens to highlight current events in the real world. But he did make a point to say uh, that when it comes to Nazis, you can put them down in the against column. So essentially they're like, you know, we're not going to apologize for that. Be mad if you want. But for 20 years, Wolfenstein has about been about killing Nazis, you know? Yeah. Uh, And they're not going to stop being about that now. And they don't think that Nazis are a good thing. They don't care, you know, whether it's the vintage 1950s style Nazis or the more modern variety. They're very much against it. Um, so if you're interested in this kind of story as it develops and, and uh, as more kind of gets put into it, you can check out their Twitter feed. There's lots of uh, commentary going on uh, now, but I just, I find it so interesting that people are expecting that, you know, uh, a franchise that existed for a long time is suddenly going to change their stance simply because there's something relevant going on in the modern world. Well, you wonder, you wonder if they were even paying attention to really what was going on in the game or if it's just now being brought to someone's attention and they're like, wait a second, or if it's outrage culture, you know, where you have somebody who's just getting upset because something seems to be insensitive to somebody. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I don't care if I'm being insensitive right. to literal Nazis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine what anyone's problem could have possibly been with it, aside from if they were an actual Nazi getting mad that there's a game about killing actual Nazis. But there is, and there should be, the Nazis were not a good thing. So, you know. Well, they, they have... They have been kind of a staple and one of the safest enemies, you know, in gaming for decades. So, you know, it's been, it it hasn't really been debatable as far as I understand, you know, that uh, Nazis are pretty much universally hated. Uh, In gaming, they are about as safe of an enemy as anything I can possibly think of. Orcs, 
they're about as safe as anything. You know, if you put Nazis in a game, they are obviously the bad guys. There's really no interpreting it. Yeah, of course. So I just thought that was so bizarre. I mean, yeah. I, I suppose some people are probably making the connection that you're using a Donald Trump slogan um, in there with Nazis or whatever. But even on its own, regardless of all the other weird ongoing controversy with the president of the United States, even on its own, make America great again is a relevant like slogan for our time. Right. Um, it, it, the same sort of things happened during the Obama campaign when they used the change messaging and things like that to, right. to sell games like marketers have to, I, I mean, I speak as someone who is one, they absolutely must stay current and, and use current means if they're going to be effective. So, you know, for all the people that are mad about, you know, be, people being insensitive to modern day Nazis, uh, which I just take offense at, generally speaking, um, then, you know, they have to understand that that Trump slogans or anything else that becomes a recent meme is totally and definitely fair game yeah. because it has to be, you know, if, if they're going to sell copies. So, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that's really all they put all the thought they put into it. Uh, when they were crafting the tweet, you know, referencing the uh, the Trump slogan. Yeah. No, I I don't think it's even really debatable, but it's it's interesting that it's even an issue nowadays. Um, well, uh, one of the things that I wanted to note, even though at the time of this recording, we've really only got about another day or so of the beta, Star Wars Battlefront 2's beta is out. Uh, have you had a chance to play it? No, I haven't. I've been Did you on a even boat. know you could? No. <laughs> well, you could have. We both could have. And I think it was. I think I only found out yesterday that I could have downloaded it. And what they did over the course. Were they the really week, quiet about it? They were really quiet about it. And I don't know. I don't know how that serves them. What you know, or benefits them, because if you have servers overloaded when you actually release it, I figure part of what they were trying to do with opening the beta up is just to kind of see how it, how the servers handle it. You know. Uh, generally, when you open it up to the public, to any extent, that's I think that's kind of what you're doing. If you're not strategically choosing certain people to test the beta, then you're really just looking at how the how the servers handle it, right? So, I don't know why they weren't more vocal about it or, or uh, didn't advertise it any better. Because uh, I actually heard about heard it about through it. word of mouth. I didn't see it on any of the sites that I visit uh, until it was almost too late. But over the course of the week, they've released released uh different components of the game so that people could try out different different uh different paths you know using different characters i think they had the the, the uh, battle trooper was one of them or or something where you got to do that campaign or at least part of that campaign uh then some of the flight simulations and other things so i'm actually really looking forward to this game uh it comes out november 15th or november 17th i believe um are you is this one that you're looking to pick up no, I didn't like the first one. Why? Well, one. why didn't you? Because they have fixed a lot of the things that were issues in the first one. I mean, have they fixed the fact that it's mostly an online game? Yes. With no story? Yes. Okay. Well, then maybe. <laughs> that is the biggest thing that they fixed. And the, and the reason why, because I was super disappointed. I think I played uh, Battlefront for maybe a month or so. My son and I played it for a while. Uh, and, and the only reason that we even played it as long as we did is because there, there are a couple modes where you can play co-op, couch co-op. And so right. that was fun. 
that was fun to get to do that. But I mean, it was just empty, like you were saying. I mean, there was no story. There was it was just, and and your average lifespan was about seven seconds. So <laughs> if you're running around and you get killed, unless I mean, you you're good at hiding. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, and you're a sniper, maybe. And I knew a lot of people that were good with uh, Boba Fett if you were to get him as a character. But if you're just, you know, two troopers and you're running into battle, um, you're going to be running into battle uh, like deja vu. It's like, uh, what what's the movie with Tom Cruise? Uh, oh, yeah, where he repeated the same day. He literally over repeated again. the same day. Oh, my God. No, That's I don't I remember. Yeah. But, yeah. That's great. how I felt uh, as a trooper. Then, <laughs> just dying, respawning, dying, respawning. So, but they fixed that. They do have uh, a campaign mode now where there's actually a story. And if you're a big Star Wars fan, the story is supposed to be canon for whatever that's worth. So whatever's happening in the game is also supposed to be a part of the new lore of the, you know, it's telling you what's going on with some of the Imperial uh, characters after the Death Star blows up. So... Might be interesting. I think it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to picking it up. If it sucks again, then they burn me twice, and then f them. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get fooled again. Not three. I mean, or four I'm times gonna wait for you to do it first because exactly. I do not trust them. <laughs> I, oh, and I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Uh, but that is that is my news. Uh, I didn't really there weren't there what there isn't really a lot going on, and I was going to mention a few Nintendo things, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, that you no one cares <laughs> <laughs> the super nintendo uh is is becoming uh a little bit easier to acquire uh and i know that's the you know the direct debit 5000 that's their biggest ploy uh you know let's just resell them something that they probably still have already um and i but i don't in this instance and i'm still looking for it i think it's 60 bucks and uh, the reviews are pretty have been pretty favorable for it. Um, it's probably something that'll sit on a shelf, collect dust, and and I won't have time to play it either. But I'm definitely looking to pick it up. So that that's never stopped me from wasting money on it, you know. I mean, nothing stops you because you still haven't gotten rentals. This is true, Can but you... I'm so much closer. I'm at least like two steps closer. That's relative, but I'll see the coming. <laughs> well that topic is brought to you by our sponsor audible.com i've read 15 books this year by listening alone is that even possible why don't you find out for yourself by checking out audible's trial service by heading to audibletrial.com slash toddcast and receive a free audiobook and 30-day trial and check out their service it is possible 15 books for me it's a personal record amanda what is your recommendation for this week so my recommendation for this week is what the hell did I just read? Yes. John dies at the end. Yes. Man. Uh, by David Wong. Um, I I believe there's a movie about this. There is. Oh. Uh, and I have definitely seen it and it is definitely awesome. Um, so this is 11 hours, 10 minutes. Uh, it's a excellent book. Excellent movie. It, it's kind of a mind fuck, but it is. sort of thing. Uh, you really can't go wrong with a book that has emojis on the front cover um, and <laughs> is a, would you call it like a cop horror sort of situation? It's definitely, yeah. It, it's a, it's a, but it's a comedy. 
it's like a funny book, but it's also ter- horrible. I mean, it is a horror book for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it's probably one of the unique, most unique books that I've ever recommended on this yeah. channel. It's not, you know, doesn't necessarily have much to do with geekdom. Although I will say that the movie is very like artistic and freaky and a bit of a cult classic. It is. So, it did become a cult classic. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's the recommendation. What the hell did I just read? John dies at the end by David Wong. Yes, that is a good one. And 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 to note that I believe that is the third book in the series, right? Yeah, I but it's it is, the only yeah. one that I started with. Yeah, yeah. I I read the first two. That one I haven't read yet, and I think they just released it. I read the first two, and in fact, I just I literally just finished yesterday. Um, this book is full of spiders which is the second uh, book in that series. And uh, I had read John Dies at the End a few years ago. Uh, actually read the book. I didn't listen to it, but I listened to uh, this book is full of spiders. And uh, they were, in fact, that book was, in fact, full of spiders. It was terrifying. But it was hilarious as well. Uh, it is it is unique in that it can make you laugh. And in the same paragraph, it can be horrifying. Uh, so... You can head over to audibletrial.com slash Toddcast to get that free title today or choose from over 180,000 other titles. Support us by heading to audibletrial.com slash Toddcast and get your free 30-day trial started today. Topic two. And this one this one just kind of hit me uh, because of the way I, or the games that I was choosing. And I want to know, Amanda, how does mood affect the games that you choose, that you choose or how or you enjoy, how you a, enjoy game. a game. So we can start so we can by just start saying, by how, just does saying how does mood affect mood the games that you choose? Well, I would say it doesn't affect the games that I choose because I have a rental queue. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you don't have a choice. I don't really have a choice. When I queue to start with, I just kind of pick anything that could ever possibly be of interest. Um, and then sometimes, you know, when I actually install them and play them, my mood has a lot more to do with whether or not I keep going on with them. Um, I am reminded of week before last and the horrible watchdogs to situation. Yeah. Um, or I think, I think my mood very much was through this. Like, I can't possibly deal with the worst parts, or for me. Yeah. The worst parts of this game being the only parts of this game. Um, so, for me, mood has nothing to do in the selection of games, but it definitely has to do with my patience for when I'm playing the game. So, you know, I've got infinite amount of patience for titles that I like. You know, I did the equivalency of a completionist on Mass Effect Andromeda. So I say equivalency only because they've got a couple of those shoot something X amount of times, um, and I never do those. But right. all, the, all the worlds and everything are 100%ed. All the side quests are done. Um, it's just those sort of achievements that I don't ever do. Um, and that was an inarguably poor game. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of about it was was substandard and that didn't please me but i have a lot more patience for a franchise that i already like um i i have almost no patience for a brand new franchise if it doesn't catch me within the first hour of playing it's getting returned yeah um 
<laughs> and and I return quite a few games like that, you know, where I'm just like, you know what? No. Nope. Done. You know. So if it just doesn't strike you, there's there's not necessarily a mood that will that you could be struck with that will make you choose a particular game, but if a game doesn't really Now, do you think that you've turned games in that if you were that your mood affected like that maybe you're just like i'm not in the mood for this is and maybe i'm i'm you know i'm not really looking at it through a the right filter maybe i'm actually a little biased going in and so that made me not like the game well i i would say i almost always am in an impatient mood so if they don't get to the point fairly quickly where i know the kind of experience that i'm in for then they're never going to get me even yeah. if it would have been a great game and, you know, I would have really enjoyed it, you know, they they only have so long to capture my attention because I'm always impatient <laughs> with games. Like, I, I want to be entertained now, not in 25 minutes, you know? Right. No, and I think that's a good point, though. I think a lot of people, uh, or there are many gamers, and I would be included in that, where I'm impatient. I don't mean to be. It just ends up being the way that it is, is I don't have time, and I need you to get to the point. And if you don't, then it's not even that I wouldn't necessarily like this game. I just resign myself to know I can't. Like, I just don't have time to do it. Um, and so that that has definitely affected me. I I do, though, also, I have to be in a particular mood to play games um, that do take a lot of patience. I can't be impatient. I can't be, uh, I can't have a lot of other things on my mind. I have to be able to relax if I'm going to play a game like The Witcher or... You know, Final Fantasies, any of them, Final Fantasy 15, where you know you're going to have to sit down and you're going to be engrossed and you're going to take, you know, more than an hour or so to sit down. Even even Mass Effect uh, or Mass Effect Andromeda. I'll go to sit down. I'm like, I want to play something. What do I want to play? And I'll go through my catalog and I'll say, well, I don't have time to do this. I'm just not in the mood to play this because I don't have time. Or, you know, I, I may be able to play a game, another walking simulator, uh, Virginia, which is a game that I got, I think it was four bucks. It was, again, another one of those critical successes. Um, but it's one of those that's very artistic. It's like you can't... So It's like watching Mad Men while you're doing something else, if you've ever watched that show. Oh, yeah, you totally can't. You can't. You have to be paying attention to the show because there's so much nuance to what... And so much of what happens on screen is unsaid. And the same thing could be said for this game, Virginia, is that if you're not paying attention, you know, within three or four seconds, if you look away and you look back because you were distracted, you might have missed something artistically that was very important in the story. And uh, and you might not know what in the hell is going on because it's a lot of it is these dream states in Virginia. You play an FBI uh, agent, and uh, and I don't really even know, but you're working on a case, and uh, you there are all these you you go to sleep and you'll have these dreams, and the dreams are supposed to be significant for a particular reason, but if you're not paying attention, then you definitely miss what the dream was about, and then you're lost for the next part of the game, and so you have to really be paying attention. And it's not a long game, so it's something that I could finish pretty quickly. But if I'm distracted or if I don't have time to sit down and do it, then I'll be like, no, I'll just have to load Cuphead because I don't really have to think about that game, <laughs> you know. So it's it's not an overly deep game, the you know, uh, and I can play it for five or ten minutes, you know. So I, th- I think mood affects me 
that way in, in, in how I select what I'm playing. Um, but I, the reason I ask this is because I think that there is something to be said for gaming as a form of catharsis in that, you know, some people play games as a release or some people play games as, and I, I just, I didn't know if maybe if you'd ever experienced anything like that. Cause I think that people assume that, you know, if you go and uh, you're frustrated and you go play a game that allows you to vent your frustration, that maybe that would benefit you. But I've never played games that way. Have you ever played, have you ever played you ever games, played that, games way that way where you no. play a game play to relieve stress, stress and, you know, or frustration? No, but I mean, I'm an adult. I can just drink now. So fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Maybe when I was younger, but it's hard to remember. You yeah. know, I mean, did I ever? Was I ever in a strup? And then, like, I mean, I didn't have a game system until I was around 18. Yeah. So no, I definitely didn't go in a strup and go play games. But I imagine if I had had one when I was like 12 or 13. They'd be like, Mom, you don't understand me, Smam. Like, I'm going to play Mario Kart. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> maybe. 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 I would. You know, I don't know if that's the go-to. Um, I, I And I don't know why, probably because I'm being stereotypical, but I always think of shooters as being the go-to for something like that. Like, you might go to I Call of Duty. the first thing that came to mind that would have been relevant in, the, like, 80s. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. GoldenEye. <laughs> Oh, well, that was 90s. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm going to play Golden Knight. Well, I mean, I suppose 90s, I would have been a teenager. I don't think you were 18 late in 90s. the 80s. No. I was not. I was <laughs> I was not 18 in the 90s, I think you'll find. Listen, kids, we are not that old. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Maybe for younger people. I mean, I think that's probably for the community to tell us. You know, if, if you're younger yeah. and listen to this show, you know, I find that. I the only thing that affects my gaming choice is my patience level with it. Yeah. You know, I don't choose a particular game. I'm only always ever really going to play the one that's in my queue, uh, unless my brother wants to play a game with me or something. Um, but other than that, I'm just playing what's on rent. Uh, yeah. So I really don't have a lot of choice. It's just whether or not I continue playing it or put it back is based entirely upon whether it grabbed my attention or not in that first, you know, hour long session. But, you know, I don't play games really as an escape and I don't play them as a release because uh, I can drink for that or I can go on holiday for that or I can go shopping for that. You know what I mean? I, I don't really find gaming effective on those sort of things because I think if I was upset, I would probably like ruin the experience for me. Like I, I wouldn't be paying attention to, and I generally like story-based games, but I wouldn't be paying attention to the story. So. Right, right. I, I could see that. Um, although I think I still do, to a certain extent, play games for a, a an escape. Um, in the same way that I go to movies for an escape. Uh, but but like you said, if I'm if I'm completely, if I'm if I'm distracted enough with life. Uh, then I couldn't enjoy the movie either. You know, I wouldn't be able to yeah. sit there and, and and enjoy it and appreciate it and absorb it and, and really get what the movie was about, even if it's mindless. You know, I wouldn't be able to pay attention. And I think the same thing would be for a game. Uh, and, and I think we're we are saying the same thing. The only difference being is that 
I have more choices. So, <laughs> so if you aren't in the mood or if you just really don't have the patience, then you wouldn't play. And for me, it's like, well, if I don't really have the patience or the mood for that, I may see if I can find something else that's shorter, you know, uh, Everwing. Um, something like that. Exactly. Like that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, very nice. <clears throat> so, our third topic, our third segment is our featured favorite. We do this every week where we discuss one of our featured favorites, uh, favorite games, not necessarily critically uh, or or even popular, but one of the games that we personally like uh, to create our list. So this week, Amanda, what is your featured favorite? My featured favorite is a game that I don't think was ever particularly popular. Um I really enjoyed it, but it, it may be the art style, and that is The Darkness and The Darkness 2. So, The Darkness franchise, I suppose. Um, I mean, the game reviews uh, site says, two guns, two demon arms, more, more do you want? I mean, and I really <laughs> feel like that's what I felt about the game. So, essentially, you know, you are a fairly angsty, pseudo-goth-looking uh, guy. I, I think his name was Jamie or something like that. Um, but anyway, you know, he's very broody or whatever. Very and much so. a girlfriend, I think, Jenna, maybe, or something like this. Um, it's been a long time since I, I played the game. But basically, he finds out that he has the, the ability to control this, you know, this demon inside of him that manifests in itself as two creepy snake-like arms ab- above his shoulders. Um, and I think in the darkness, too, you even get more than one, more than two arms. You get more or something like that. Um, but, you know, the whole goal, at least of the, the second one, is to, you know, find his girlfriend and, and uh, rescue her and stuff like that. But um, I, I remember what I can remember of the game was it was very atmospheric. Like it had distinct sets. They all had a very distinct look, although it was all a bit dark. But you yeah, definitely, yeah. you know, there was distinct looks. Each part of the story, you know, you introduced you to new powers that you had, new things your demon arms could do. And the demon arms almost had a personality of their own. Like uh, they had like little, little, I don't know, barracuda teeth faces. Um, and they would like snap and yip at each other like two dogs sometimes. And I, it was actually kind of charming in yeah. a creepy way um but i really enjoyed the game i thought the story was good there was a couple different endings that you got i mean some of them were really sad um and some of them were you know not so um but i thought it was an interesting and unique story and not really something i had seen before and it's a shame i don't think they're going to make a third one even though they did leave it open for that if you got a specific ending um but yeah that's a featured favorite for today Nice. I mean, I think that was you, – you did a good job of, of selling that one. Uh, I I actually played the first one. I did not play the second one, and I didn't finish it. Uh, imagine that. And I remember, can't, couldn't you, like, send out – as one of your powers, you could send out, like, the shadow or the, the demons, like a like – a, you could send it out like a dog? Like, you yeah. could just send out one as, like, a patrol or something? Uh, I can't remember what they would do. They would unlock something or open a door or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I can't remember, but I really liked them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was I thought that was a good game. And weren't you you were in the mob or something, right? At the, at the yeah, beginning of the first one. Something like that. It might and not they, have been the mob. They turned the mob on a mob. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. I, I, I kinda remember that. 
yeah, that's a good choice. Um, mine, I'm going way back, and I'm going to Nintendo, uh, the God original damn. NES. I know, I know. This is not one that you would be able to probably relate to. Uh, but for all you kids at home that are keeping score, this uh, this was one of the best, probably under the radar, role playing games that ever came out on the NES. And so if you you were hipster enough to go back and check these out, uh, I think this is one that you would appreciate and you'd enjoy. Crystallis was the name of the game, and Crystallis uh, was one of the, I think Crystallis and Final Fantasy were two of the games that two of the first games that I ever really experienced where the music was what really brought me into the game and was what probably even stood out more than even the gameplay. I remember the music, I can hear it and I can hear it right now. Um it is iconic for that game and I don't iconic's probably a strong word. It was it was definitely um you could not separate the game from the music. Like if you heard the music and you played the game at any point, it it was distinctive enough that it stood out. And uh, for polyphonic music, I mean, they they have a lot of Nintendo games where they did a really good job making music for them with the limited resources that they had. And uh, so uh, this was one of those games that stood out. So basically, you are uh, you're on this alien planet, and uh, you have towns that you can go into, and you can roam the countryside, and you're basically trying to piece together uh, this sword, this Crystallis sword, um, and I don't know that it gets a whole lot more complicated than that. Uh, it's it's your typical tropes from RPG where you go from village to village. As you go from village to village, you change the scenery or the uh, the the uh, like you go from, to an ice world and you go into the mountains and then you eventually end up in space. Um, and slowly but surely, and there's a, there are dungeons as well, and and so you you go into the dungeons or the caves and you and uh, just like Final Fantasy, you get treasure chests. Uh, but it's the music that really stood out to me, like I said. And, and this is one of the games that I, um, I've i actually looked uh, to try to locate um, if I could find a, a hard copy of the, of the cartridge or even pay for some sort of emulator. I would absolutely play this game again um, for nothing else than uh, just for nostalgia. But it is my featured favorite, um, a game that I hold in. It's, it's very near and dear to me. Uh, and I think that those that have played it uh, would feel the same. It's still it's still really highly regarded as one of the best RPGs on the NES. I think I played that on my uh, on my cousin's Game Boy actually. You may have, you may have. yeah, because they released it for Game Boy, uh, and I think I played that before because I I recognize the uh, the title card. Yeah. Of it, and and I uh, I definitely have seen. I definitely have seen that before. So, yeah, no, I think you're right. I can't, I can't remember the music, but I remember even on the Game Boy, it was with the sound on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so you can at least appreciate that, um, and I think that anybody that played it would, um, especially for its time. Before we go, though, I, I, I had threatened to do this uh, an episode or two ago, but I, I wanted to, since you're not going to play Oxen Free, this is going to be the spoiler. The quick and dirty spoiler for Oxenfree. Right. I'll just take my headphones off in case I do play it. Okay. So you, you are going to. Well, just if in you're case. Going to I'll take my headphones off. I won't hear it. It's fine. Okay. Okay. Spoiler. Well, this, this is the spoiler. So at the end of Oxenfree, everybody that has – if you've played it, then obviously this is something that you already know. If you haven't played it, then this is um, – then maybe – and you don't 
want to know, then this is where you turn it off. And thank you for listening. But uh, for those that that might be interested in, in knowing the ending but aren't planning on playing it, essentially you are a character named Alex who uh, it goes on a trip with your with some of your friends and your newfound uh, stepbrother. And some of the voice or some of the uh, uh, dialogue choices you, that you make shape your relationship with these people that you meet. Uh, over the course of the time of the game, you go onto this island. Uh, you have this radio. There's no communication with phones. You open a portal and to another dimension, and you basically let in some spirits. Uh, the spirits are trapped there on the island, and they were drowned sailors. And in the end, uh, your hope is that you can free them without your anybody in your group being taken over or, or uh, possessed or anything like that, because they get possessed. The cool part, or the, the part that kind of blew my mind, was there are multiple endings. And one of the endings is is that you actually can bring your brother back. If you make a choice towards the end of the game, you, you bring your brother back. If you don't, uh, and you don't happen to bring your brother back, what you find out is that uh, time will continue to repeat, and you will continue to go through that. You will continue to, to go through that series of events until you figure it out. And it's like every time you go through it, and every time you play the game again, you have this this feeling like you've done it before. And uh, you even make choices. You, you'll hear or you'll see yourself say something where it's like, I feel like I've done this before. I feel like I've been here before. Um, and it just was a really cool, I mean, it gave me goosebumps when I, when I found out that that was really what it was. Because I watched all the credits and then I found out, oh, you could do it again. And right at the end of the credits, it it's like it. It's like a record that skipped and went right back to the beginning. And everything that you had done up to that point was essentially gone. And you start, you just start over. And and that's a theme that goes throughout the game. So anyway, good a good game. Uh, I, I think it, right now it's it's still on sale. I don't think it's free for Xbox, uh, Xbox uh, Gold. But um, definitely one that, that uh, it may be one of my favorite games. I don't know yet. We may put it in the featured favorites, but. I'm back now. Hi. Welcome back. Well, good. Uh, so I uh, kind of spoiled it. I didn't really. I don't think I I didn't go into detail. Um, That's fine. I didn't yeah. listen just in case I do play it, although I doubt it. But you never know. You never know. And it is, it's one of those games I think that um, it's pretty short. It's not a walking simulator. So yeah. maybe that'll, that'll entice you. But, but that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All of the notes from this week's episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. Any questions or comments, feel free to email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. Please head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you download and rate us, because that really helps our show. Until next time. See you later. 